0: The Yappy
2: Program on WVNN.
3: So I hate to be this guy, but you know, the, FBA, the FAA had problems this morning. All flights were basically delayed in the country because of this uh, system that was malfunctioning. Um, it was their notice to air mission system, according to the FAA. Uh, it said. They were working to restore the notice-to-air mission system. We are performing final validation checks and reloading the system now. Operations across the national airspace system are affected. We will provide frequent updates. They had delayed flights because I guess they can't... I mean, there were already flights in the air, which I don't know how it affects that. Not an expert on this. But it delayed flights. They didn't want any other flights to take off. I just have to ask... Did Pete Buttigieg, who's the Department of Transportation Secretary, did anyone wake him up and tell him to unplug it and plug it back in again? Did anyone, I mean, I think that would have worked. You you, you first, first, first you try to unplug it. This is what you do, right? When there's a computer that, that's off Kelsey or something, you you just unplug it and plug it back in or maybe control alt delete. Is that, is that how, how they, I mean, with Pete Buttigieg, is this how you fix this problem? I just unplug it, plug it back in. Yeah, that's all you I you, did. you have to wait like ten seconds or something. Yeah, I wait for you... it to reboot. Uh huh. That's what they should. I mm-hmm. think that's what they did. Okay, that's what they well, did. Well, At least it wait. Did it work? I mean, well, it says according to them, there's still going to be backups of flight. So this isn't just Southwest. This is now the government screwing this up with their computer system. But it says normal air traffic operations are resuming gradually across the U.S. following an overnight outage. To the Notice to Air Mission system that provides safety in- to flight crews, the ground stop has been lifted. We continue to look into the cause of the initial problem. I'm telling you, they just need to do a hard reboot. Yeah, a hard,
4: hard reboot. reboot. System and if that restore. Network, unplug it again; it'll completely <laughs> be fine.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just turn it off and on again. You know, that's what I'm. I'm I hope Pete it I that's probably what he did when the I investigation. He
4: if he's that's if he's smart enough. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, you're listening to the Yaffe program. This is the show where you can count on the latest news, the important guests, and the best analysis all for your morning commute here on News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Uh, speaking of important guests, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to speak with Jonathan e. Mord. He uh, he has a great call on that Townhall.com talking about uh, the border crisis and what Biden is doing and all of that. In the next hour, Congressman Barry Moore is going to join us. He is with the Freedom Caucus, and the House has already done a lot of good work. They're already defunding the part of the IRS that would hire 87,000 new employees. So that that's being done, and we'll talk to him about his main priorities in this next session of Congress. That's coming up at 10 o'clock. But what I want to get into right now is we talk about How to fight the left effectively, politically? What's the best way to do this? Because everyone wants a fighter, and I get it. I want a fighter as well. But there's difference between being just a fighter and fighting for the sake of fighting and actually trying to win an argument effectively, especially on the left. Now, most of these Republicans, they're not going to go on a show like Joy Reid. And who can blame them? I mean, you're basically being set up. And if you are not an experienced debater, if you are not that great at communication, you're going to be set up, and they're going to try to get some kind of soundbite and use things against you. That's what Joy Reid on MSNBC and her show tried to do to Byron Donald yesterday. Now he's fairly new congressman. I think he's in his second or third term. He's out of North Florida. Um, he, he got a lot of attention last week because he changed his vote for Speaker of the House from McCarthy to someone else and eventually went back to McCarthy. And then he was eventually nominated by one of those 20 Republicans that didn't like McCarthy at first. It might have been Matt Gates or Lauren Boeber, one of them. Nominated by them to become Speaker of the House himself. And then he voted for himself. And. He's becoming a rising star already in the Republican Party for good reason. The left hates this because he's black. And if you're black, in their mind, if you're black, you should be a Democrat. That, that's it. If you're not a Democrat, if you're black, you're like a traitor to the race. I mean, that's almost how they were treating him. We read the tweet last week by Cori Bush basically saying that, that he's like spreading white supremacy or something. But Byron Donalds, he's good at fighting back. And when I say that, he's not just fighting back, he's good at it. He has a vision for the country. He can articulate why the left is ruining the country. And he can do it in a way that I think will convince a lot of people. And this scares the hell out of the Democrat Party. Trust me, trust me, it does. So I want to go through some of this interview. I'm just going to go through some of the clips to kind of give you an example of how best to do these kind of things. The rest of the Republican Party could learn a lot from Byron Donalds. Now, don't get me wrong. Now the left is really going to be after him. And the media is really going to be after him. And they're going to keep searching for something to try and destroy him because they fear him, just like they do with DeSantis. But go ahead, uh, Kelsey. Let's grab some of those cuts. We're just going to go through a lot of this interview that Byron Donalds had with Joy Reid last night because it was good. It was good. So go ahead and play uh, cut one of byron donalds for me kelsey here this was him yesterday on joy reed show on msnbc
5: on voting laws you voted uh, you one sorry you defend voting laws that said getting rid of ballot harvesting is a good thing that we did so you've defended the florida voting laws um and you've actually laws in the country the florida voting
3: laws
6: election laws are the Mm -hmm. best election laws in the country go ask arizona go ask california go ask new york uh, we do it
3: so i like how he just doesn't give into our premise now I will say I think Alabama's voting laws are better. So that's the only part I disagree with you. Florida does a great job, but Alabama, I think, does even better when it comes to voting laws. Just just saying, go ahead go ahead and let's continue on to the next point. Byron Donald's cut to look, what we
6: told Democrat leadership when they went down this this pathway of removing members from committee is basically saying you should not do that. Because if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Let's be very clear. Ilhan Omar has said things that are reprehensible. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. She has said terrible things about about the Jewish community, so much so that resolutions had to go to the House floor about them, and they were watered down.
3: I mean, that is 100% true. Ilhan Omar... Originally, they had a resolution on the floor against her and what she was saying, but then they watered it down because that's what Democrats do. They're afraid of their progressive base. But he said, look, once Democrats started trying to remove Republicans from committee assignments and so on and so forth, it was going to set a precedent for the future. He's right. He's exactly right. But in this next cut, he kind of continues on that that's not going to be the main job of the Republican Congress. And this is what I really like. He's talking about what they're going to do, not just what they're fighting against, but what they're fighting for. Go ahead and uh, play cut three.
6: People being on and off committees has nothing to do with the work of the 118th Congress. Mm -hmm. We are actually going to get to border security. We're going to get to energy policy. We have to go through debt ceiling. We're going to have to figure out a way to cut our spending, curtail our spending, Mm -hmm. because we're living well beyond our means. That is the work of the Republican conference in the next Congress. This
3: other stuff, that's kind of a sideshow. I mean, it better be the work of the Republican conference. We'll see. The Republicans haven't been great at cutting spending in the past few years either, unfortunately. But good. Hopefully, he becomes a leader in that regard and gets that done. Let's move on. Let's go ahead and play a cut four. A lot of the back and forth between Joy Reid and Byron Donalds here. Here it is. My
6: friend Jody Arrington, who's going to chair budget. He wants to look into the budget and also look into entitlements. Do you know that Social Security is going to be insolvent in 2030? It is not going to be. That is not true. That's actually not true. No, it's actually not true. It's actually not true. It's actually not. But it's actually not true. It's actually not true. That's actually not true. Social Security will go insolvent. That's actually not true. Those are the facts.
5: That's not true. Should we not prepare for that? What the Republican Party what the Tea Party have proposed is private, privatizing Social Security, which would actually subject Social Security to the whims of the market, which I don't think that people, if you actually that's not look what at they the paid into. No, the, if no, you look at the returns, not, the, the returns of the S&P 500 since 2006,
6: the returns of the S&P 500 since 2006, that saying, includes so saying OK, oh so my, you support privatizing I, I, Social Security. You know, I want to explain to you. I am a financial professional. I'm securities licensed. Actually, I just lost my licenses because I'm not allowed to trade anymore because I'm a member of Congress. Mm -hmm. But let me assure you, if you look at the S&P 500 from 2006 until today, the growth rate in the S&P 500 would have more than taken care of Social Security, way more than the federal government And
5: each time that you had a crash, it would subject people's Social Security funds to crash. Hold on a second. So let me just, hold on a second. We're not going to have a whole long thing on Social Security. But let me just be clear. You You are in favor of privatizing Social Security.
6: No. I'm not in but you just argued it. for it. I said okay. you you, you just brought it up and it. I brought you the facts so But S and P 500. So if a bill came forward to privatize Social Security, you'd be for it. No, because what we should be okay. doing. Okay,
5: oh, then it's a move point. Then it's you're a be point. It's not a move point. Then are trying to put words in my mouth. I'm, but I'm trying,
6: but trying to explain to you. You just explained that the
5: S and P would be a better return than Social Security. have given better returns. So then you're for privatizing it. That is a
6: fact. Okay. So don't cheapen privatization when the data is crystal clear that the returns would have been better. Okay. You're for it. You've said that you're for it. That means that it would have been a better situation than what we've seen to to this
3: point I mean she can't let him make the argument because his arguments are compelling and what he said there is right now most likely he's for some kind of combination of privatization and keeping it public but something's going to have to be done I mean as it is right now social security is going bankrupt and it's not a lot of people think it's not going to be there at least as it is now for future generations. At least the Republican Party actually wants to deal with it. All the Democrats want to do is cut military spending and raise taxes, and they think that'll solve the problem. But she can't, you know, she can't let him make the arguments. But he still got it in there, which is good. That's what I'm saying. There's a way to fight back against them. Just don't cave in to their premise. Go ahead and play uh, the next cut because they get even heated here. Here it is.
5: Our four African American members in the House caucus, the Republican caucus. Mm -hmm. There are 56 members in the Democratic caucus. So just, it's more diverse. There are more African American members just that are House committee ranking members. They're at the the same number that are actually members of the entire Republican House caucus. So do you not believe that the idea was to make a diversity statement by nominating him?
6: Well, actually first, that was not the idea. Because I was in the room when the decision was made by people who chose to nominate me. That never came And, well,
5: oh, and you, you still on. not explained I, how I,
6: you how you're. you've never been in leadership. Your, are you gonna let me answer your question? Sure. Or you tell want to us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two. Now let's go back. The reality is is that a lot of members actually do believe in my ability to lead. They do. Am I to be despised for my youth? because i've served one term my members know that i have the ability to engage other members through the conference but it's even bigger than that listen we were at an impasse last week in our in our speakership elections we got that done kevin mccarthy is now speaker of the Mm -hmm. house at the same time i was working with members on both sides of our conference to make sure that we can get the job done and we did Mm -hmm. and that's the only thing that
3: so there you go i mean (laughs) i i love other like you're not experienced the first, uh, Was Barack Obama really experienced before he became president? He was like one term in the Senate before he became president. Judgment matters much more than experience, I just have to say. But uh, that, just some examples of how best to fight the left. Just don't cave into their premise. They're going to set up a premise, and then they're going to try to box you, in, box you into that premise. And I like that Byron Donald's like, no, 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 you're not going to play this game with me. He did a good job, and he is definitely a rising star on the party. So we have a bunch of big news stories in Alabama that we have to get to. We'll get to that in the Alabama bullet points next, and much more. You're listening to the Yaffe Program here on Newstalk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN.
2: It's the Yaffe Program on WVNN.
3: Here on the Yappy program. I am Alabama's voice of reason, as you know, on WVNN. There really is a ton of stuff going on when it comes to Alabama news and Alabama politics. So let's get into it right now with the Alabama Bullet Points.
2: Alabama Bullet Points. Today's headlines from around the Yellowhammer State.
3: Sponsored by Larry's Pistol and Pond. Number four today, the Alabama Legislature elects its new leaders. That's right. The Alabama Legislature has its leaders elected, and they were elected on unanimous votes, which is a lot different than what happens in the U.S. House of Representatives. Now, uh, Representative Nathaniel Ledbetter out of Rainesville was uh, voted as Speaker of the House. State Senator Greg Reed was reelected as Senate Pro Tem. Um, and uh, Chris Pringle, I believe, is the House Pro Tem. Now, Speaker Ledbetter cited the usual issues of need in the state of Alabama, including education, jobs, economic growth, mental health, high-speed internet for rural areas, and the fentanyl issue. Is, a, is a, He's really passionate about that as well. Um, the only significant rule change made Tuesday was changing the number of legislators needed to contest a local bill from 1 to 11. number three today mike rogers gets the armed services committee chair there was some talk that maybe he wouldn't get it but yes he is going to be chairman of the armed services committee Um, representative rogers suggested he would step down from the group that selects committee assignments and then he changed his mind now, The Alabama lawmaker was selected to lead the House Armed Services Committee, a powerful committee that oversees military functions and spending. He was thrilled, saying, quote, I am deeply honored to be the first congressman from the state of Alabama to serve as chairman of the House Armed Services Committee. Our nation faces unprecedented threats, and I'm ready to work to ensure our armed forces remain the greatest force in the world. Now, as you know, he got in a heated argument with Matt Gates on the floor of the House. He was a big supporter of Kevin McCarthy for speaker. I mean, not surprising that Kevin McCarthy would want Mike Rogers for this job. It was kind of expected even before this happened. Number two, looking at abortion laws in this state, the attorney general says women can be charged for taking abortion pills. That's right, Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall is reacting to news that the Food and Drug Administration is trying to get around abortion bans by reclassifying abortion pills. His uh, reaction was, quote, elective abortion, including abortion pills, is illegal in Alabama. Nothing about the Justice Department's guidance changes that. Anyone who remotely prescribes abortion pills in Alabama does so at their own peril I will vigorously enforce Alabama to protect unborn life. Now, Alabama has laws, and the attorney general said he's ready to enforce them. He said, quote, the Human Life Protection Act targets abortion providers exempting women upon whom an abortion is performed. But uh, when it comes to how women would be charged in this, it's a little bit different when it comes to taking abortion pills. Number one today, Senator Katie Britt goes to the border. US Senator Katie Britt is already making waves with her first trip to the southern border. She called the trip gut-wrenching and she visited with law enforcement and migrants as well as cartel and human trafficking victims. Now She also tried to discourage a pregnant illegal alien from entering at the Rio Grande River for fear they would drown in the process. Now, the illegal's husband said that they believed the border was open. Britt seems glad that she went to the border saying, quote, seeing it up close was truly eye-opening, underlining the historic magnitude of the problem and giving faces to the very real human cost of the reckless policies that have caused this disaster. I'm trying to get Katie Britt on the show tomorrow to talk more about her experience. So. She'll either come on tomorrow or she'll come on pretty soon. But a smart move on her part to go to the border. And she's exactly right on everything she said. Those are the Alabama bullet points sponsored by Larry's Pistol and Pond. Uh, We're already close to, I don't know, the middle of January, if you can believe it, in 2023. Well, you know what comes up next month? Valentine's Day, February. Why don't you go ahead and get that shopping early for your, get that shopping done early for your loved one and go to Larry's Pistol and Pond because they do have the best in jewelry. Now over Christmas, I bought my wife diamond earrings at Larry's Pistol and Pond and I did it at Larry's because I knew I would get the best price there. I was not going to get that price anywhere else and I was also going to get a great quality product and I I said, to say, Steffi loved the earrings I got her. So. If you want to impress your wife as well, go to where's Pistol and Pond. Buy buy her some diamond earrings for Valentine's Day. You can do that in Madison off Greenbrier Exit 3 by the big rusty water tower. Pistolandpond.com. Pistolandpond.com is the website. Go today. Make sure to tell them Yaffe sent you.
2: You're listening to Yaffe on WVNN.
3: Welcome back to the Yaffe program, headline at townhall.com. States must sue Biden and invoke the guarantee clause to secure the border. This is kind of in reaction to Biden's so-called border security plan. I say so-called for a reason. Uh, this was written by Jonathan Emord at townhall.com. We've had him on the show a bunch of times before, and we're speaking to him again this morning. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
7: Great to be with you.
3: So talk a little bit about um, how you believe the states should sue Biden over this.
7: Well, I think the states should uh, petition the Biden administration under Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, which is called the Guarantee Clause. Under that section, the United States has to guarantee each state a Republican form of government, but also it is obliged to protect each state against invasion and against domestic violence. And I think it's very clear that there is an invasion underway and that we are experiencing an enormous amount of violence, uh, not least of which is gang activity, drug trafficking from the cartels, and all sorts of criminal activity from sex trafficking to uh to um elicit uh, activity of one kind or another including a petty crime that has gone up enormously as a result of no protection and allowing ever, anyone in in fact we even know that terrorists are now entering the United States through the southern border entirely unchecked by the biden administration so uh, invoking this provision would enable these states to demand immediate full implementation of existing, immigration laws which do not allow for the uh, border to be uh, overwhelmed and I- individuals to enter this country without undergoing the processes required by the immigration laws and um, if the Biden administration refused a state's petition to act it could then sue the Biden administration and seek an affirmative mandamus compelling the administration to act in implementing the specific provisions of immigration laws that would protect the borders.
3: So Joe Biden yesterday uh, was meeting with the, the, the president of Mexico. The president of Mexico thanked him for not building any more of the border wall. What do you think of his meeting there and what the Mexican president said there?
7: I think this is all fluff. Biden is uh obviously not interested in protecting american interests i think the salute he was he received from mexico on his failure to build a border wall is indicative of the fact that mexico benefits of course from not having to hold and take care of the massive uh... um, immigration flow uh... and instead allow them into the united states what we ought to do uh... this congress ought to immediately the republican congress ought to immediately pass legislation that, uh... reallocates the money that has been funded by the prior uh... congress for uh... processing illegal immigrants into the united states take that money and instead give block grants to the states to uh... finance border wall construction at their expense with, uh, with at this, with this funding and also uh... to beef up Uh, use of uh, National Guard and uh, state police to interdict and repulse efforts at at illegal immigration. There ought to be carved out, in other words, a transference of power because of the Biden administration's unwillingness to abide by their constitutional oaths of office. The president is not functioning as commander-in-chief, protecting our nation. He is not... uh, making sure that the laws are faithfully executed, as is his requirement. He is not implementing the immigration laws to any extent to block immigration. So rather than contend with that idiot, what we ought to do is redirect funds to the border states, specifically earmarked for building the wall and interdicting uh, illegal entry.
3: Now, wasn't there an issue, though, that Arizona was trying to sort of build their own wall using shipping containers in the courts, force them to take it down?
7: Right. The Biden administration sued them and uh, basically forced them to take it down. We ought to reverse that with the legislation on Capitol Hill. Of course, ah, okay. Biden will veto this legislation, and that's why we also have to do the uh, to take care of the actions in the courts he's violated the separation of powers doctrine by this latest uh, border quote unquote security plan where he in, in effect in, in fact uh enables 30,000 immigrants from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua and Venezuela to come into the United States a month as legal uh as legals under work permits that are 2 years in length and that's 360,000 additional illegal uh, or uh entrance into the united states given legal status for two years and of course they will do nothing to follow up on that and what he's really doing here is a amnesty program and that is done by executive order and it violates the separation of powers clause and they ought to sue the state should sue him for that as well as for failing to abide by article four section four of the constitution
3: now i have to admit there are a couple of things in biden's plan that I think are okay, but they're, they're borrowing from Trump. I mean, he sort of has a, a policy of where they claim asylum in another country. It's kind of continuation of uh, remain in Mexico there as well. And continuing title 42. I mean, I just thought that was kind of ironic that he fought against those things and now it's part of his plan. And there were things he borrowed from Trump.
7: Yeah, I think he's made in fact what are superficial, uh, Uh, concessions parent concessions to the other side in point of fact he is uh, you know the administration has not enforced the existing immigration laws and even when the courts compelled remain in Mexico they in fact redirect resources such that it's virtually impossible to achieve uh, any of the objectives of blocking illegal immigration so it's a it's a shell game it's a ruse their real intent is is to keep the borders open, and there's, they're doing absolutely nothing, in fact, to change that. And that's why uh, this, this attempt is designed to really um, make the American people think something is being done when actually nothing is being done.
3: Yeah, one thing – it seemed like he was trying to, like you said, sort of play both sides – but one reason why he's doing that is because there's a segment of the left, of the progressives, of the Democrats in, in Congress, who kind of want open borders. I mean, it's hard to interpret it another way when they, when they say what they're saying. I mean, it's like they just want us to let them in.
7: Right. This is all part and parcel of the Soros Global Initiative, the idea that you make nations socialist uh, states, you have an authoritarian governance system and uh that deprives people of their rights and <clears throat> you open borders to basically create this global uh community that is subject to international governance depriving people of uh the benefits of the constitution and of uh laws uh, it's it's sort of uh a natural extension of socialism to encourage this global community and um it ensures the violation of individual rights and destruction of our constitution it's a very evil undertaking and they're all in as you point out this is not unintentional this is not just uh, the fact that uh, biden's a space cadet he's all in he sold his soul to the socialists to get elected and the socialists still run that administration he tries with a vengeance to keep them in charge of all the agencies and so we are heading uh at breakneck speed down the road to uh, government planning and socialism
3: so just to kind of recap what you were saying i mean there it seems like there's two ways to fight against this the states need to take more control of what's going on at their borders but you also want congress to pass legislation that would give money to those states and allow the states to do that am i correct
7: that's right and i want to see article four section four honored uh, and the governors to stand up and the states to stand up to press the Biden administration, literally camping out in front of the White House to insist that the president answer to them for all of the atrocities taking place as a result of open borders and his failure to implement the immigration laws.
3: Yeah, I mean, I it's interesting. We passed that omnibus spending bill and there were provisions in that bill to fund immigration but it was specifically said not to fund border security. And it was really helping states and areas, you know, for shelter of immigrants. Doesn't that kind of stuff just encourage more of this?
7: Of course it does. They're creating a, a, a massive number of benefits uh, that are available really only to illegal immigrants. Uh, and that, that is encouraging immigration to run uh, wild. And that's what they want. They obviously don't want to protect the American citizen. They want to give preference to illegal immigrants. It's time we shifted that back to protection of American citizens and keep illegals out of the country.
3: You know, I feel like as well that Biden wouldn't have even paid lip service to any of this if it weren't for what Abbott and DeSantis and others are doing, sending the migrants to uh, places like Martha's Vineyard and D.C. and outside the Naval Observatory and so on and so forth in New York City. Do you do you agree with that? That that's been effective at getting attention to this issue.
7: I think that has, and I think it has put uh, some Democrats uh, in in a in a conundrum because they want to defend the administration, yet now they think that they really have to answer for what is happening here. I uh, I think that uh, over time that's uh, bound to, to, uh, to be the case, that more people will understand that this is a problem because politically it's really an untenable position to maintain as more and more Americans experience the extraordinary loss of life, liberty, and property as a result of the derelict uh, open invitation for the world to come in. And, you know, we are sitting on a time bomb because sooner or later... Terrorist entry is going to manifest itself in overt terrorist acts. And uh, that's going to all be on Biden. All the blood lost, all the people who died from fentanyl overdoses, all of that is directly attributable to President Biden. But for his inaction and refusal to defend American interests, those people would be alive. Uh, those people would be uh, protected. The properties that have been uh, subject to criminal trespass and destruction, looting, All of that would have been avoided, but this president has no concern or interest in protecting the rights of Americans. He's all about bending over backwards to give illegal entry uh, full full sway and allow the United States to be essentially overrun and our communities to be destroyed.
3: Yeah, I mean, you called it an invasion, and I know some people had a problem with that term, thought it was too strong, but I... I cannot think of a better term. <laughs> I mean, I sat there and I was like, "Well, if it's not an invasion, w- what is it?" I mean, in any other circumstance, we would call something like this an invasion. Maybe it's not by another foreign country or something, but this amount of people, millions of people, just coming into our country illegally—what else do you call it if it's not an invasion?
7: Over six million people illegally entering the United States, and I mean, over—that's the best estimate based on uh, Godaways, but the reality is over six million people have entered the United States since the start of the Biden administration who have no legal right to be here. And that those numbers include a good number of gang members, sex traffickers, drug traffickers and even terrorists.
3: Yeah, it's just it's
7: that's an invasion.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, it's just Trump was exactly right when he said that. Jonathan, E. Mort, if people want to find out more about you and your efforts? How can they do that?
7: They can go to emord.com or emord4va.com, as well as pjmedia and townhall.com.
3: Great to talk to you once again. Uh, thank you so much. We'll get you on the show in the future.
7: Thank you. Take care.
3: I want to tell you guys about the sponsor, sponsor here real quick right now. Um, they can't fix the broken immigration system, but they can fix the problems in your joints, in your back, in your neck. If you have joint pain, I'm talking Regenesis Stem Cell Center. What they do, they use your own body stem cells to take away the pain. Yeah, I wish we could do that, use stem cells to secure the border. Can't. Sorry, Dr. Charles Lee can do a lot. can't do that, but he can help take away your pain once and for all. And I know this because he did that for me. I got the stem cell procedure. I got the PRP procedure and it's amazing the difference already. And it just gets better and better as time goes on. That's how it works at Regenesis Stem Cell Center. So. If, you, if you're tired of dealing with that kind of pain, well, don't. You don't have to anymore. There's new innovative treatment at Regenesis Stem Cell Center. Dr. Charles Lee, he is Alabama's leading stem cell physician. Got to call him, though. Here's the phone number, 256-715-8193. 256-715-8193. You can go to the website, RegenesisStemCell.com. RegenesisStemCell.com. Get that pain taken out care of and when you do make sure to tell them as always Yaffe sent you got the local news update coming up next much more to get to on the yaffi program stay with us here on wvnn
2: the Yaffe program
3: time now for a local news update brought to you by our news partners at Way 31 tv Megan Reina is joining us once again here on the Yaffe program. And Megan, I know that yesterday off 565, there was a just a really horrible accident where a couple people unfortunately were killed. There was a large fire. Is there, is there any update on that this morning?
1: Yeah, I know. We know the names of those two people killed in that fiery wreck that you just talked about happened tuesday afternoon near county line road so we those people that were killed were willie nettles and miguel espinoza um the investigators believe that one of the drivers had a medical emergency before that wreck but yeah it caused major traffic backups uh, last night and unfortunately two people did die
3: yeah just a unfortunate situation there what other news are you covering for us this morning
1: So I'm sure you've been talking about the FAA and what's been happening this morning. Huntsville International Airport leaders are recommending people call the airline, your airline. Make sure your flights are go before you head to the airport today. The Federal Aviation Administration's computer glitch forced airports across. Welcome to
6: Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby, the whole school. You yeah, just I miss Me. I felt like it wasn't real.
0: If I may, I want to defend the
6: storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much
2: said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people.
6: Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons. Of Tocqueville on YouTube or wherever you listen.
1: Entry to ground flights for several hours this morning. And this is a breakdown that actually started last night. So, right now, there are currently five flights delayed in Huntsville, two flights canceled. This is departures out of Huntsville International Airport. Um, and because of, you know, their flights are now able to take off now. But just because of the backup this caused this morning, there's, it's basically, you can expect flights to be delayed throughout the day.
3: Yeah, I think that's really good advice. You know, call in ahead of time so you don't have to get there too early. Make sure you're there at the at the appropriate time because that, that, that was quite a mess. I mean, probably not as bad at Huntsville at some other airports, but you said there were delays even in Huntsville.
1: Oh, yeah, we saw delays even in Huntsville. So, yes, always call beforehand. Um, and, if, and if you're traveling out of Nashville or any bigger cities, yeah, that's definitely, you know, they're probably going to be ahead
3: even worse. Yeah, it seems like it. Megan Reyna with our news partners at Way 31 tv You can catch our newscast at 11 and go to their website, com. Megan, thank you so much. Talk to you again tomorrow. Talk to you again. This segment of the program brought to you by Automation Personnel Services. They are one of the largest staffing agencies in the entire country. They're also highly awarded. They've won the... Best of Staffing Talent Award the last four years, the Client Award the last seven years, and they've been in Huntsville since 1993. So as your business grows, well, your staffing needs change. Automation Personnel Services, they can design and implement a customized staffing program that will grow and expand with you, with your business. So if you need that kind of help, you don't want to deal with staffing issues on your own, call the professionals at Automation Personnel Services and do it today. 256-256. 533-5627, 256-533-5627 is the phone number of the website, APSTemps.com, APSTemps.com. This is what they can do for your business. They can scale your workforce to meet demand, lower labor costs, reduce overtime expenses, and help improve productivity. You know, the labor market is still pretty crazy. The economy has its ups and downs. Instead, you could use some help in this area And call Automation Personnel Services. Go to the website, APSTEMPS.com. And when you do, as always, you make sure to tell them Yaffe sent you. Got Congressman Barry Moore is going to join me next, talk about the Speaker of the House stuff, what's going on in Congress this week. We'll get to that on the Yaffe program coming up next.
2: It's the Yaffe program on WVNN. The Yappy Program on WVNN.
3: So I believe there was something that took place in the House of Representatives last week. That was a kind of a big deal, I guess. Something, you know. I don't know. Have we, have we just moved on from that? We're, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but also we are going to move on because we want to get into what Republicans plan to accomplish. In the next legislative session, you're listening to the Yafi program here on News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Join me on the phone right now, uh, once again, Congressman Barry Moore, who is with the House Freedom Caucus. Congressman, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
8: Hey, good morning,
3: yeah. Good so, to be on. Yeah, so... uh I feel like uh, everyone's kind of happy with the result of the Speaker of the House vote in the end. McCarthy is there, but also some good changes to the rules.
8: Yeah, you know, I think uh, getting Kevin there, it was a struggle, to say the least, a hundred year history, I think, of that many votes. But, you know, I think the process, the rules process from coming out of conference with 31 no votes to getting a really good set of rules to getting it down to 20 no votes and then the one to vacate the chair the motion to vacate the chair that got the last few along and then so you know it's a process and and uh i I try to remind folks that if you look at this congress if you look at the direction that i think in a lot of ways the house is headed 70 percent of the members are new since trump was elected in 2016 so the business as usual those days are over and so I think it's good for the American people to see us debate on the floor, to negotiate, and get the best set of rules we can get to make sure we pass our voice along to our constituents, so where we can hear and, and vote and have a say in the process up here, rather than a rubber stamp. I mean, Nancy Pelosi basically ran it like a—it was a despotism. I mean, if you—it was the, it was her way or the highway. And so, to make sure we were, got those rules more uh, member-friendly, so we could actually have a voice in the process and to actually have 12 appropriation bills those sort of things are things we need to have done and and i'm i'm honestly well pleased with the process how it went um it was a, a long drawn out process obviously as american people paid attention but but i think it's going to be great for the country
3: yeah many of your fellow members in the freedom caucus were a part of that process um were, were you part of any of the negotiations or anything
8: yeah, early on, I I was one of the in conference. There was thirty one no votes for McCarthy, and I was one of those. That was just where we voted in in conference. I voted for another member to to send a message that hey, sir, you got to come to the table now. I think it was said last night. I think is is probably true. There probably there was nobody else that could be elected speaker, but McCarthy. But there was nobody that could have done a better job negotiating rules than some of the conservatives within the caucus, and so. Um, You know, I I actually was talking to Kevin through the process, talking to Jim Jordan. We were trying to make sure that we could get him to the table at the end to get the the, the votes we needed or at least the members to vote present. Some of those were never Kevin members, just to vote present so we could get him across the finish line. But, uh, again, I think it's one of the best set of rules packages. I, I tell you this, Thomas Massey, who's not in the Freedom Caucus but a true conservative from Kentucky, brilliant mind, he told me, he said, these will be transformational in how we do business for this nation.
3: Speaking with Congressman Barry Moore, um, you know, what do you think about allowing the C-SPAN cameras to record kind of like they did throughout this whole process? Do you think it's a good idea?
8: You know, I think so. I mean, it, it, the C-SPAN cameras are much like my wife. We've been here for two years, Jaffe, and my wife has only sat in the gallery twice. And uh, to think that Pelosi shut the process down, did not let the American people in, I think bringing C-SPAN cameras in I think it allows you to at least observe the process. At, at the end of the day, we are honestly the people's house, and Vox popularized the voice of the people. So how is it that you shouldn't be aware of what we're doing? You can come sit in the gallery at any time. This way you can sit in your living room and see what's going on. So I don't have a problem with it at all.
3: So one of the first votes that happened outside of the rules package, like you were talking about, is defunding part of the IRS. They added all this extra funding that was going to be used to hire 87,000 new Employees, Republicans voted to get rid of a lot of that funding. Talk talk about what's in that bill and if why that's a success.
8: Yeah, I you know I think one of the things and Kevin McCarthy as as we were all campaigning across the country, we had a commitment to America, much like the Contract with America. The very first thing on the agenda was to do away with the eighty seven thousand IRS agents that were to be hired. When the when they, they, the Democrats passed the Inflation Reduction Act, they were going to hire eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents, and you know, like I know, there's not that many billionaires and millionaires. This was going to re- really stifle the, the small business owners. The, the, they were going to be hamstrung by more agents, and so we felt like it was important to go ahead and keep our commitment to America. That was the very first bill we passed out yesterday with the do away with those eighty-seven thousand IRS agents, and you know, we set up a. a, a a group to oversee china tomorrow it's a committee or we voted it yesterday out of committee and on the floor and so that's the, that's the china oversight commission i think those are things that if you ask leadership um they'll tell you that you know the three largest threats right, we we believe right now to the country obviously china has to be one of those and then the national debt is another and so education system is the third so we we're, we're working on trying to control the spending we've got our ass agents we're going to repeal those but also just oversight in China and, and how they're involved in the process, whether it be COVID or whatever the case might be, we've got to get to the bottom of that. We need oversight. They're our, the number one global enemy right now of America.
3: Yeah. When you talk about oversight, you've also been pretty passionate about oversight in terms of the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ, when it comes to you know investigating Republicans, uh, what they tried to do on Twitter, censoring speech. Uh, how exactly is that going to take place?
8: Yeah. So the way that works is we. Uh, one of the things that we can do from being in a majority is we set the chairman on committees, and then we control the agenda within those committees. So oversight of weaponized DOJ, the IRS, whatever the case might be, any government agency that has been weaponized against American people or for a certain political agenda, we need to understand that that is your taxpayer money. So the fact that the FBI sent money to Twitter to quieten certain stories. And, and then they were involved in the process of trying to promote other stories. It just lets you know that they're driving a narrative. And so um, that is something that's very important. We need to know what the FBI, why, why was it they're spying on Trump's campaign and that they're turning a blind eye to, to Hunter's laptop, you know? And and then they raid the president's house 91 days before an election um, because of some documents that were supposed to be classified. And yet they knew before the election a few days out, November 2nd, that Biden, the vice president of the United States, had classified documents, and not a word of that was put out. So it, when they start playing in elections, that's got to be a concern for the American people. It's got to be a concern for the free process, and we have to have oversight. So that's how that works. We'll have Jim Jordan, chairman, is, is on G- Judiciary, and then we'll have uh, uh, Comer as, as chairman of uh, Oversight. And they'll drive the agenda to see what the FBI is doing, the DOJ is doing, and certainly we want to investigate Biden. And China, there's just a number of things that we've got on our plate. There is a lot of oversight that needs to be done because in the past few weeks and months and years, the Democrats have turned a blind eye to some obvious things that we need to be looking into.
3: Speaking with Congressman Barry Moore, you had mentioned that one of the priorities is going to be to control spending, try to pay down the debt, get down these deficits. There are some, though, some conservatives, some Republicans that are worried that that's going to include cutting defense spending um what do, what do you think about that i mean how how do we deal with this problem
8: yeah so the the debt i think the way you know and we've talked about this before with i may have mentioned my friend jim jordan and i were at dinner when i and we were talking about the, the debt ceiling and and a yes if rather than a no we've got to figure out so many times here on the hill um the the conservatives within the caucus would be a no a no a no and what would happen is we would be left out of the negotiations. We weren't invited to the table. So then leadership would go to the Dems and they'd raise the debt ceiling and you'd get nothing for a conservative vote in Congress. So what we've, we're we thinking more of an approach of a yes if. If you raise the debt ceiling, you need to fund the border wall. You know, if you do this, and defense spending is something that we're normally, you know, we're pretty proactive as conservatives. We There's a couple things I think the federal government's pretty good at, and that's infrastructure and national defense. But there is so much mismanagement in those areas sometimes that we're just writing checks and not having any oversight. And certainly when we send $100 billion to Ukraine, we can spend $5 billion on a border of the United States. So it's not necessarily saying we're cutting defense, but we need to reappropriate, look at how we're spending those dollars and make sure that the American people are really being protected in the process and getting what they're paying for and voting for. And it's their money. So, so defense and infrastructure, those are common sense approaches. Those are things that we can all agree on. They create jobs. They keep us safe.
3: I saw that a Democrat claimed that by defunding this part of the IRS, you were increasing the debt because I guess you wouldn't, the IRS wouldn't be getting as much tax revenue. What's your response to that kind of accusation?
8: I mean, that's just a spin. I mean, they here's a here's a group of people that spent 1.7 trillion a few weeks ago, and they're saying, oh, this is gonna this is gonna cut income by 100 million or billion or whatever they're throwing because they're saying we're not having the IRS agents, but. You think about those 87,000 IRS agents going into small businesses, just the regulatory burden that that's going to place on businesses that could be creating jobs, that could be producing goods, could be transporting goods. I think if you look at the math, the less regulations is, is certainly – it may decrease tax revenue, but it will increase production. So I just don't buy into that. I think that's just spend. They're just always saying – oh, you know, we need more money, we need more money, and how can you not have IRS just out there trying to collect more money? When we're printing money, like, I mean, the print press up here is overheating. so And it's also overheating the economy. So as we print dollars up here, it, it they waste it, and it's, it doesn't matter if you've got IRS agents out there trying to chase it. If you're spending way ahead of what you're producing, and I'm talking about real production, not ink on paper, but real production within the private sector, then obviously you're going to have problems meeting your needs and, 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 and offsetting that deficit spending.
3: Congressman Barry Moore, is there anything else that you wanted to address before I let you go?
8: No, you know we've got um, we we got some pretty pretty heavy lifts coming up. I appreciate the prayers always, Jeffy. So just tell you folks keep saying your prayers. And uh, uh, I think I want to let people know that it, it, although the process seems broken, I think it's really working. I think our caucus is coming together. I think they're going to be well pleased with what they see out of conservatives within the conference this coming year.
3: Sounds good, Congressman Barry Moore. Really appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you again in the future. All right. Thank you. Yeah. All right. There you go. I'll Probably write about that later. at Yellowhammersnews.com. You can read my stuff every day at yellowhammersnews.com. I want to tell you about the sponsor here real quick. Um, if you've seen me lately, you've probably noticed that I, I look a little bit different. Well, if you're not sure why, uh, let me tell you why. It's because I lost 30 pounds. I actually lost 35 pounds. 30 pounds in a month, and that's because of the Weight Loss Centers of Huntsville, and you can too. I keep telling you, it's something that if I can do it, you can do it, but you probably need some help, like I needed help. I got the help, though, from the Weight Loss Centers of Huntsville. You can as well if you call them, and call them today, Two five six six seven six one zero three zero. 2566761030 you can lose up to 20 to 30 pounds in a month and you do it naturally safely and effectively you're not taking pills or something no there's no surgery involved nothing like that no a natural way to lose weight get your energy back and just feel and look better well i mean You just really need to contact them. Get your free weight loss consultation, your private weight loss consultation. Go to the website, weightlosshuntsville.com, weightlosshuntsville.com. When you call them, when you go to the website, when you contact them, when you lose all of that weight, make sure, as always, you tell them, Skinny Yaffe sent you. Be right back in a moment on the Yaffe program on Newstalk 770 AM, 92.5 FM,
2: WVNN. You're listening to Yaffe on
3: WVNN. On New Stock, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNM, the Yaffe program on Alabama's Voice of Reason. As you know, appreciate you all joining the show today. Um Just to kind of point out that some of the media, they're just very, very they're very, very sad. They're they're, they're trying to talk to uh, Ron DeSantis. And he won't he won't talk to them. That's right, New York Times put out a whole piece talking about it's how DeSantis It says, Can Ron DeSantis avoid meeting the press? New York Times is like DeSantis please please we're here talk to us DeSantis is like, no, I just I just gave that story to Fox News. Um, I'll, well, sure. I'll, I'll go talk to them. No! Wait. Come back, we need we need the clicks. Why? Why won't you speak to us? That's right, it says. The Florida governor easily won re-election despite little engagement with mainstream news outlets. Another sign of partisan division ahead of 2024. How dare him? How dare him not talk to the New York Times? Unbelievable. By the way, DeSantis has not been not been you can you can you can cut out the violet now it's 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 i'm over it now just just want to point out that DeSantis has not been uh avoiding the press at all just because he doesn't give the new york times some kind of exclusive and some kind of exclusive interview doesn't mean he's like avoiding the press he is constantly holding press conferences at events and constantly Taking questions and answering questions from different members of the media, including members of the media who really don't like them, he loves that confrontation. It helps him. There's no doubt that that kind of thing would would help him. So this idea that oh he won't talk, he's not being transparent, why won't he talk to the New York Times? This is a this is a made up thing. To try, to try to really get at DeSantis. He is as transparent as can be. Now, one thing uh, we haven't talked about yet that we should talk about, Joe Biden. Uh, apparently, there were classified documents found in an office of his left over from when he was vice president. He wasn't supposed to have those classified documents. Uh, he actually addressed this yesterday. So he had his meeting with the president of Mexico yesterday, but did address this whole controversy. Go ahead and play uh, uh, the Joe Biden cut really quick for me, Kelsey. He was asked about this whole situation, trying to get around it. Here it is. I was briefed about this discovery and
8: surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. My lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. I've turned over the boxes. They've turned over the boxes to the archives. And we're cooperating fully, cooperating fully with
2: the review.
3: So everyone in the mainstream media and all the Democrats are trying to say this is not the same as what Trump did. You know, when Trump was raided at Mar-a-Lago by the FBI, that's because he was not cooperating in all of this stuff, even though he pretty much was. And no, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's a it's pretty close. We now have three... Two presidents and one secretary of state who have been caught in doing something wrong with classified documents.
4: You know what that is, Yaffe?
3: What?
6: It's <laughs> it just uh, totally irresponsible.
3: It really is. That 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 was Joe Biden responding to himself, I think. Yeah. By, by the way, what was found in those classified documents uh, included topics such as Ukraine, Iran, and the United Kingdom. So it's not like there were classified documents of Burkina Faso in Africa that no one's really... You know, looking into that much. No, it's on Ukraine, which is a big deal. And Biden's son has ties to that country, as you know. Iran, which they're trying to make a nuke deal with. And the United... I mean, come on. What were they doing there? <laughs> what were they? We'll never get the answer to that question. If it were Trump who had those documents, we would, we would know everything about it. Every detail, what they were doing there. He was trying to sell secrets. Biden, we're not going to get the answer. So, unfortunately, that's a good question. I mean, what were they doing there? Well, why? Uh, by the way, apparently Biden was getting paid like a million dollars to be an adjunct professor for Penn State. Never taught one class. H- how do you get that gig? I want that gig. This segment of the program brought to you by SoCo Roofing and Restoration. Go to southernroofexperts.com if you need roof repairs or if you need a completely new roof. they are professionals that can get it done right. They're licensed, bonded and insured so you can trust the work they do. 256-663-4061. 256-663-4061. Go to Southernroofexperts.com. That's a website. SouthernroofExperts.com. Make sure to tell them Yappy, sent you.
2: The a Yappy program.
3: So was there, a, let's see, I'm trying to see if there's an update on the whole situation with the faa um flights were completely shut down because of the notice to air mission system had a malfunction apparently it's back in place and they're gradually uh bringing back uh flights and everything and as far as i know that that's still the latest update so according to them normal air traffic operations are resuming gradually across the u.s following an overnight outage to the notice to air mission system that provides safety in the def- flight crews so if you're if you're on the way to the airport just know there might there might be a delay but it's all good because Pete Buttigieg Department of Transportation Secretary he unplugged it and plugged it back in so it's the system apparently is rebooted running again all right Kelsey is here and you know what that means at this time of the show it's time for what's trending with Kelsey
2: keeping you up to date with all that's trending in your world they have the internet on computers now you guys know to post videos to facebook it's what's trending
3: sponsored as always by coleman furniture market because they do have the latest trending in furniture tell you more about that in just a moment all right kelsey what's number five today
4: Alright Yaffy, it is January 11th It is a Wednesday edition of What's Trending And like I ask you every day,
3: do you know what today is? January eleventh. You said that. There we go. That's good. All okay, right. Moving yeah, on to number four. Oh my it. gosh. Okay. You know what today's
4: holiday is?
3: No. Uh, no what it is? You today? think I
4: ask you every day? You, you know what I'm talking about, right? You, you know, would you think prefer- I would like
3: do some research, look it up, and exactly. be prepared. No. No. Yeah. Not not. You know, Yaffe's whole I thing out. is
4: about being prepared for a show. Yet he just doesn't prepare for anything for me.
3: Who told you that was my whole thing of being prepared for a show? I don't know where <laughs> oh, you got so you, that yeah, idea.
4: Yeah. Yaffe just comes in and just looks at articles randomly.
3: All right. What what is today?
4: Well. Uh, it is uh, National Milk Day.
3: Oh, okay, I like my I like some milk. What, what kind of milk do you drink, Kelsey?
4: Yeah, I'm more of just a one percent
3: vanilla guy. One percent milk, well,
4: vanilla. One percent regular milk.
3: Okay, I'm usually I grew up on the two percent. You grew up two percent, okay. Uh, I don't know why. So my grandparents exactly?
4: are two percent milk people. So are whenever they? we go to their house, it's always two percent there. I don't, you I know, mean, I don't really, I don't really drink milk. I feel like this should be a big argument. You know, people get in argument
3: over stupid things mm-hmm. like,
4: well, all the time over some social media. Social media.
3: Yeah, what is that,
4: everybody's favorite milk to drink? Yeah. Just put it on the text line.
3: <laughs> yeah, text us. That was 925-494-9866. I'll tell you what milk I hate. Oat milk.
4: Oat milk, terrible.
3: terrible. I've had that in like a smoothie once because mm-hmm. they were out of like creamer or something. And I it was like drinking Cheerios. Yeah, I mean, it's it was terrible. It was gross. My wife drinks almond milk. I do like almond sometimes. milk. Sometimes. I do. I don't really the taste i don't think i've ever actually
4: well it's a little it's a little different of taste supposedly it's a little better for you
3: that's what they say Mm -hmm. i don't
4: know but either way i like it It just you know i can't do skim milk at all
3: okay not a skim milk guy at all you gotta drink a drink straight from the cow unpasteurized
4: so i've actually had um goat milk straight from the goat okay my cousin was it good uh yeah it was pretty good my cousin she will actually he he now it's that cousin yaffy mm-hmm. um they uh they were uh milking it and they were just like you want to try this we never had it before and it was i don't remember the taste but it was i, I can always say that i did that
3: though okay all right uh, what else is today
4: uh we have cigarettes are hazardous to your health day
3: okay that's, that's- captain obvious yeah. day captain too, obvious. Apparently. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, all right what else it
4: ain't the 50s no more <laughs> all right uh we have girl hug boy day
3: Girl hug boy? Yeah, girl hug boy. But not boy hug girl. No, it's Just girl hug. Girl boy. hug boy. All yeah. right. Just make sure we get that right. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh what else? We have hot ha uh,
4: hot toddy day.
3: <laughs> hot toddy. <laughs> hot toddy. All <laughs> right. Uh International Thank You Day. Oh, okay. Thank mm-hmm. you, Kelsey, mm-hmm. for everything you do.
4: Gracias. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, look yaki. at you being you diverse. Know, you know, international. Multicultural. I get that's it. the only thank you I know in any other language.
3: <laughs> what else?
4: We have uh, Learn Your Name and Morse Code Day.
3: Learn Your Name and Morse Code? Okay. Yeah, I
4: don't know Morse Code, so I got nothing for that oh, one. Pff,
3: I have no idea. Mm-mm. It's click, 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 click. I, I yeah,
4: something. I don't know. Uh, uh, what else? <laughs> National Human Trafficking Awareness Day.
3: Okay. Yeah, that's an important one. Yeah, so, it's okay. good to be awareness mm-hmm. and help.
4: Uh, let's see. We have a national step in a puddle and Splash Your Friend Day.
3: What if it's not raining?
4: I, I, I guess you that's just got to find some water. This is crazy. I guess this you just got to find some water, pour it, of and then uh, splash your friend. <laughs> okay. All right. One more. Uh, one more. We have a, let's see, a World Sketch Note Day. World what? Sketch Note Day.
3: Sketch Note.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Like sketch a note? Yeah, I mean,
4: like a sketch note. I guess like a... Oh, uh, okay. You like... I don't know, like a notepad and sketch it. Sketch it. it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. What's number four? Number four today. All right. The Crimson Tide baseball team is uh, it's coming to a field near you. It is. It's coming to Trash Panda Stadium. Oh, is it? Yeah. March twenty eighth. Uh, the first time the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide have come and played. At the field, uh, Auburn has played two SEC games, so this is the third SEC game in the history of Toyota Field. Hmm. Uh, they will be playing Middle Tennessee uh, Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders um, as in uh, uh, for uh, just a normal SEC game. It would be cool to see Crimson Tide come up here and, and play some baseball. We haven't seen them play up here since uh, Joe Davis Stadium in
3: 2015. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's a cool event. Cool. Um, what's number three?
4: All right, number three today. We have. All right, Yaffe. Yeah, have, have you ever tried an In and Out Burger?
3: Yeah, once. Once they okay. have it in Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. and um, I tried it there. Okay. Well, my brother lived there.
4: Okay, so, uh, well, they are. Uh, you won't have to go far away much longer. Mm. It's gonna be less than a two-hour trip to go go eat some In and Out burger.
3: That's awesome.
4: In and Out has moved one of their. Uh, uh, Big offices to Franklin, Tennessee,
3: next to Nashville.
4: Next to Nashville, mm-hmm. and in 2026 they are set to expand into the eastern regions past the Mississippi
3: River. So they might expand into Alabama.
4: They might. It's a possibility. But right now, uh, Tennessee is set in stone. Mm-hmm. It so, will be there. So we will have some. That is great. Yeah, and I've never had an Outburger. Someone has to try it.
3: It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You now everyone's making a big deal of Whataburger mm-hmm. being in this area now, which Whataburger's pretty good, but uh, In n Out Burger's better.
4: See, I've always heard like Whataburger's the top tier. You know, my, my parents have lived all over pretty much all mm-hmm. over the country and uh, they were all big Whatab- they were big Whataburger fans. So when they moved when that moved here it was a pretty big deal for us. Oh,
3: okay. Mm-hmm. In N Out Burger's really good though. Mm-hmm. Um it's funny because I actually did see this story and I texted Phil Williams, who does his show in the afternoons here because when he was a state senator, he had a big thing about trying to bring in an Outburger to Alabama because oh, okay. they were having issues with California and stuff. And he was on Fox and Friends talking about that. And I texted him. I was like, "What the Tennessee and not Alabama?" He, he <laughs> felt he, you know, he felt neglected. He yeah, was... I bet he did. Feel
4: neglected. <laughs> but it's good news for uh, for Alabamians and Tennesseans. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's going to be. I agree. less than hundred miles away.
3: Sounds good. Mm-hmm. What's number two?
4: All right, number two today. All right, Yaffe, uh, WWE was in, uh, you know, they had a lot of things over the last past year with Vince McMahon <laughs> and all of his stuff that was going on. Right. Well, there's been a lot of rumors flying around since Tuesday night that uh, WWE has sold to Saudi Arabia.
3: Yeah, it's very interesting. Now it's kind of like an investment mm-hmm. firm, I think. So it's not like the Saudi government yes. is, uh, you know, wanting to control what the WWE does. But, but
4: there is a lot of backlash with their history uh, of well, Saudi. it's a pretty
3: American company. You know? It is,
4: and you know, Vince has been brought back to the board of directors to uh, to possibly uh, uh, help with talent development and possibly sell the country uh, country sell uh, the company. But as of right now, TMZ has reported. After a lot of stuff was set in stone, apparently, TMZ has reported that the company has not been sold to Saudi Arabia. And the, not yet. Been oh, it hasn't. It been has yet. not been. It's just kind of uh, in the works. It's in the works. It could possibly happen. I think this is a bad idea. I don't think this is going to be good at all. You know, there's a couple wrestlers that are not allowed to. They're not allowed to compete in Saudi Arabia. Which yeah. would probably mean a release if Saudi were to buy the country, buy the country, buy the company. Yeah, the they're company. not buying the
3: country. I don't think they're <laughs> buying the country now. <laughs> little by little, little consider. by little, they mm-hmm. will. Be, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's. Uh, I we'll think this what is happens. some
4: sad news for WWE if this goes through.
3: I mean, kind of depends. I. It probably wouldn't change much mm-hmm. with the organization, but still, you're right. It's a. It's
4: an American company. It's an American company. It's sad to lose something like this. Mm-hmm. What's number one? All right, number one. And Yaffe, I uh, I forgot to watch the trailer for this. Everything that's going on. Oh, I told was you about it yesterday. Here. I think I forgot to watch the trailer for Ant-Man and the Wands Quantumania. So, Yaffe, you've seen the trailer, right? Yeah. Okay. So, tell us about it.
3: So, um, one thing that's really prominent in this trailer is just how evil King, who is the villain in this, mm-hmm. King the Conqueror, how evil he is.
4: So, King is now just being introduced, right?
3: Yeah, so he was sort of introduced in Loki, mm-hmm. but it was a different King variant called um, The One He Who Remains. Mm-hmm. This is a different variant called King the Conqueror, and he's in the Quantum Realm. And in this trailer, you see a lot of the bad side of King. I mean, he looks powerful and vicious and stuff. So that that's the biggest takeaway, um, but it looks really good. It looks, it looks good. Uh, Some people are worried about the CGI. because there's going to be a ton of CGI Mm -hmm. because when you're doing the quantum realm, of course it's hard not. Yeah, you have to do it. But um, but, uh, I mean, I think it looks good. I think it's going to be entertaining, and everyone loves Paul Rudd right now, so. So he's the main character again. So I think it looks cool.
4: So I'm ready for it. I think this will be a, you know, one of the better Marvel movies. It looks like... You hopefully. Know, they they, they have, had kind
3: of a rough year. They did have, this, have a rough year last, last year. year. So maybe this will kind of restart right. So them. hopefully
4: this gives them a little boost. Uh, this is going to release to theaters on February 17th, 2023. And uh, hopefully it's a big... Big uh, movie. It's going to be hard to get in that early, though, because there's going to be a ton of people trying to watch this.
3: Yeah, yeah, for real. That's true. All right, Mm -hmm. thank you, Kelsey. What's Trending, as you know, brought to you by Coleman Furniture Market. And as you know, yes, they have the latest trending in furniture. Now, if you go to their Facebook page right now, one thing you will see is one of their beautiful sectionals. Yes, a big family sectional for your home. If that's what you're looking for, they have the Davenport from Bassett, the brand Bassett, and it it looks really good and it looks really comfortable. Um, If you don't like that one. I mean, they have a ton of different sectionals in stock. So if you're looking to upgrade that furniture, trying to make the living room look really nice, but also have a comfortable place for your family to be, I mean, go to Coleman Furniture Market today. Now they're located in Coleman, Alabama, one eight zero seven Second Avenue, Southwest Coleman. Uh, just It's worth the drive because it's the best furniture showroom in the state. I just told you about Bassett Section, oh, that's one of the brands. They have Lazy Boy as well, other great brands as well. You can see what I'm talking about on their Facebook page now, also on their Instagram page, and go to the website, Market.com. I bought great furniture there. You can as well. Go today and make sure, as always, you tell them Yaffe sent you. So for my closing thoughts, another example of how Americans don't want to take responsibility Too many people in our culture want to get rid of personal responsibility. I'll tell you why in a moment for my closing thoughts on the Yaffe program on WVNN.
2: It's the Yaffe program on WVNN.
3: We're back here on the Yaffe program on WVNN. Uh, Some breaking news. I understand Kelsey, you told me this during the break, but Damar Hamlin a uh, player for the Bills has been discharged from the hospital, from what you said, correct, Kelsey? So that that's good.
4: Yeah, correct. Uh, you know, hopefully he's makes a good, fast recovery for football. I don't think we'll see him the rest of this year, oh, but uh, hopefully, <laughs> you know, next year he'll come back, and you know, that'd be quite back a story.
3: Year. That'd be an amazing story mm-hmm. if he did. So I want to I want to read this headline for you guys real quick. I, I try to be a voice of reason. I don't I don't know how I can be on this story, but you know. Yeah try my best here Uh, from the daily caller top medical organization says answer to child obesity well what do you think kelsey what do you if i asked you what is the answer to childhood obesity what would you say
4: um do not give them soda or sugar okay because i had a lot i had i was i was a beast when i was a child mm-hmm. and soda and sugar when i stuck when i started cutting that out of my diet it really really thinned me out
3: okay that, that's a reasonable mm-hmm. approach a reasonable response um you're wrong no i'm sorry oh
4: i'm wrong the american... was, wait, did i make a racism too
3: <laughs> for, well probably but that's not in this story i'm sure that'll come up later the american academy of pediatrics called for the aggressive medical treatment of childhood obesity, including with surgery and medication in its latest guidance.
4: They don't need surgery. That's the te- that's a terrible idea.
3: So not only... Poor kids are going to have so much surgery. They're going to have to have surgery for changing their gender because that's a thing now. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to have surgery to get rid of their fat. So, um, and don't
4: forget about the Elon Musk chip. I'm sure we'll start inserting them. And, and oh, you know yeah, the, the Once they are reach coming. about three years old, I mean, I'm sure they'll get that chip inserted. Lots of
3: surgeries for kids mm-hmm. these days. Uh, it says, obese children as young as 12 should be considered for medication and surgery should be on the table at age 13, the AAP recommended. Arguing that continued obesity would lead to detrimental lifelong consequences, including diabetes and high blood pressure. Now, the guidance marks a shift away from watching... Uh, Watchful waiting approach to which medical professionals give children time to outgrow obesity before implementing pharmaceutical and surgical inventions. So, you said you were fat when you were younger.
4: Yeah. And, you know, basically, you know, my doctor, you know, he never had any worry with me because I was real active. I, was, I played baseball, right. I played basketball, I played a little bit of football. So, it's not like these kids need to go through surgery. Really, what they need is literally don't cut the soda, cut the sugar, and it sounds get like- active. And it's, once they reach puberty, they're gonna they're they're gonna have a lot changing anyways. So if you're already going in that direction, they're gonna lose that weight as well.
3: Stop with your common sense. You should have had surgery when oh, you I were twelve. When you were fat. When you were Kelsey was a fat twelve year old. <laughs> surgery, medicine. There we go. No,
4: I did have a lot of surgeries, but it wasn't for that. <laughs> no. I had I had an appendix well, surgery when I was six years old. Well, what
3: they should have done is taken out some fat while they were they in. They
4: probably should have. And you know, I'm sure the my tonsils comes, comes at,
3: out. The fat comes out.
4: Tonsils and yeah, exactly. And my tonsils and adenoids, I also had them taken out when I was a freshman. That probably accumulated. to I lost a little bit of weight from that, but I was still active. Mm-hmm. So. It's not like these kids... Please, don't make these kids have surgeries. (laughs) They just need to be active, and they don't need eat as much sugar and soda. They
3: gotta have... So, this... uh, Unfortunately, this is just another example of how our society just does not believe in personal responsibility. Look, there are some people who have a genetic disposition to gain weight, meaning it's easier for them than maybe some others to gain weight. And it can be a little bit more difficult for them to lose the weight than others. That's actually a thing. I get it. I know it. But for the most part, just because not everything is equal, you can still work hard. There are still things that most kids could probably do. And most adults could probably do to lose the extra weight if they really want to, but it takes sacrifices, hard work and personal responsibility. Even if you're
4: telling these children to have surgeries, still from mo- most surgeries you have to lose weight to go through. If it's a weight loss surgery, like gastric bypass, mm-hmm. you have to lose a certain amount of weight before I, that doctor is comfortable
3: operating on you. I just hope we're not we're not having kids go through gastric bypass. I, really, I hope dear so, too. Lord, but I mean, I mean, seriously, even adults. Like I was overweight. I lost a lot of it because the weight loss centers of Huntsville. But it took work and responsibility on my part. I had to go through the program. I had to stick to the program. I had to sacrifice some things that I used to like in order to get it done. Why are we so against this? And the the reason I bring this up is we don't just do this for obesity. This is just the latest example of it. But now we're teaching it to our kids. So adults don't want to take responsibility. Now we're saying, kids, look, we'll just give you some medicine and we'll get rid of that fat. You'll be fine. Uh, No, no personal responsibility we need to bring that back to our kids by the way weight loss centers at huntsville go to the website weightlosshuntsville.com if you if you want to lose weight as well lose 30 pounds like i did in a month just 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 telling you we'll be back tomorrow
2: you're listening to jeffy on wvnn